0: You know, sometimes you got to go and do some risky things. And that includes handling your business. Hence the title of today's episode. Risky business. Sometimes you got to be willing to take risks. Are you willing to go beyond the couch, beyond the toilet, beyond the bed to go and venture off and make investments on your life? Think about it. You have to be willing to take risk, y'all. In the bathroom chronicles. In the bathroom chronicles. <laughs> Stay tuned, y'all. So, we have this week's Entertainment Entertainment and news of course we got a little history segment but you know i want to start off with what's going on with me y'all like it's been a lot of crazy shit going on my sinuses are acting in ass right now like i don't know what the fuck is wrong with them but y'all i'm either having to blow my nose every five minutes like right now like congestion back back oh my gosh it's right here right here at the tip of my nose, it's just there. But anyway, I'm trying to figure out, like, what the fuck I need to do. My girlfriend told me I should actually, you know, get some peppermint. Um, of course, take some medicine, which I've been doing consistently for the last, uh, say, four days now. So I don't know what's going to go on. Like, I-, I need to get something done because I can't go into the next week with this form of congestion No And then on top of that I'm being very clumsy lately Y'all Tell me why I'm at work Trying to clean my office And Just so happened I tried to step over a cord And I ended up tripping over the motherfucker I went face forward And I almost hit my fucking face on the desk I was finna cry like a little motherfucker But you know what Cause it hurt like a motherfucker you know, like, I'm I'm getting a little aged. I'm not going to say old because I'm aged. I'm aged. I'm a little seasoned. Aged. Not old. Like some of you motherfuckers who dusty as hell. But when I got up, my joints and shit were hurting like a motherfucker. I was sitting up there in pain. But you know what? I stood up with dignity and started sweeping again before my goddamn boss hit my room. She came in there. Hey, are are, are you okay? Oh, yeah. I'm fine. I'm okay. She heard that big ass thud I made. I'm shocked I ain't put a goddamn hole in the goddamn floor because my ass plummeted, y'all. It was ridiculous. I know for a fact there's some cracks from that goddamn spot because that motherfucker right there, uh uh-uh. Never, never again will I just sit there and just allow myself to save myself with a goddamn broom. I tried to stand up with a goddamn broom and I fell back down. I was reminded, I was reminded of Dunning McClurkin. We fall down and we get up. We fall down and we get up. <laughs> Yeah, the shit was crazy, y'all. But for real, for real. Back to the the entertainment news segment. So, in the state of California, the governor has signed a bill dedicated to Stefan Clark. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but he was the guy who was killed in Sacramento, California. Um he was shot multiple times by cops, and of course, he was killed um in that process but here's the thing the bill that was passed today will it should make um police officers more accountable for you know actually shooting people and then only allow them to shoot when necessary It's crazy to me because it's very broad. It doesn't really give any detail on what necessary means. Like, yeah, I can say I felt it necessary to shoot somebody. But I I don't have no energy to actually shoot no motherfucker. But at the same time, you know, let's say, for instance, I said, okay, I'm a police officer. I want to shoot somebody because i feel that it's necessary to because they're black so it it really opens the door it's, it's crazy to me like what the fuck does that mean per se and you know i i don't know i i guess it's supposed to mean something big but it really don't mean shit to me so yeah next the brazil amazon rainforest is currently on fire y'all currently on fire and that means that it should be some drastic changes in the earth's climate that's what's being stated um of course there's a lot of resources available in the rainforest down there but this is something that is interesting to me how in the hell does you know this fire occur and nobody really reported number one number two how in the fuck do you have all the resources in the world and not have protection that shit is crazy to me and i think the government really has something to do with that shit because it ain't no way that you have a natural resource that is available that you know has all these resources. Let me tell y'all, there is some healing in that damn rainforest right down there, and a lot of things that are being protected from the use of our people, hence AIDS. But nothing is being done of it. Like, why the fuck would you destroy something like that? And I say they are destroying something like that because nothing's being done. Like, come on now. Like, y'all have all the available equipment to protect this shit, and y'all are not. Like, that's weird and sketch to me. Move along. Four students were shot at a block party um, near Clark Atlanta. That's That's crazy. I'm not really going to go too much into it, but I'm going to say this. People, y'all need to be careful. And for those who are hot-headed and feel that you have to let loose just because... You got a gun and you mad at somebody. Let me tell you something. Y'all need to stay y'all black asses at home. That shit ain't necessary. Love on your people. Stop sitting around here trying to shoot people just because you mad. Live and be grateful that God gave you an opportunity to be here. The motherfuckers just go out here and just wild out by shooting anything y'all see. Come on, y'all. Do better. Be better. Be black. Damn it yeah so this is a story that was unique to me in Oregon um a man's mugshot was actually altered to remove tattoos after a witness claimed that the burglar or the suspect did not have any tattoos and y'all when I looked at this photo I'm just like sitting here like damn you come on now like this is crazy as hell and how in the fuck do y'all alter people's mug shots to convince people like y'all are trifling as hell to do people like that come on now be better be better be better come on and also Eric Garner I know a lot of you guys you know probably remember him as a guy who pleaded for his life he could not breathe and an officer continued to you know, do what he did, you know, ultimately killed him, killed Eric Scott. Lord, I said Eric Scott, what the fuck? No, Eric Garner. But anyway, the officer who committed the crime was finally fired. Woo hoo. That is a wonderful thing. However, hit your black ass would be sentenced to death for killing. An officer. How the fuck do you get away with killing a black man and literally go for free? Like, you're going in life, living your life, no problems, but you done killed somebody. Uh Uh-uh. They need to send his ass to jail. Trifling ass, motherfucker. Like, how the hell you get away with shit like that? Uh Uh-uh. Your ass should have been locked, slapped up slap the fuck up because trifling ass motherfuckers want to do some shit and kill a motherfucker versus actually trying to get vital information from him. Like, come on now. Y'all knew better. Y'all need to do better. Also, this is for some entertainment. Y'all know about the Jay-Z situation because I reported about it last week. Okay, this is a whole new week, and people are out to rain Jay-Z up just because they don't like him. Funk flicks, um, Dame Dash, a couple of other people just chiming in, trying to put this man down for doing something that he feels that is necessary, which is to collaborate to create something that is beneficial for the players, You know, I don't get it. I really don't understand how things are not being seen as solutions. I watched an interview with DL Hughley, and he was really, like, trying to figure out why people are against him without really knowing straight facts. But this is something that I also look at as as a person who feels as though You're being suppressed I understand this is work You're training for You're trying to You know Build your celebrity Hearing that You have all these things You know That you're trying to reach But Why would you Try to Be a part of The NFL Knowing damn well They didn't want your ass That's That's some weird shit for me I look at that In a weird way And I just I think that you know, what Jay-Z doing is is needed. You know, we need shit like that. So, this is going to be my last time even mentioning that shit. Because that shit is, is stupid as fuck to me. Number one, that people continuously try to shoot this man down for trying to be better. Um, On to the next. Something that is awful, awful, awful. This woman in Arkansas, she was a jailhouse administrator. She held four black young boys at gunpoint because they were doing a fundraiser. And you know what happened to her black? (laughs) Lord, I'm calling everybody black. I think we all are, but motherfuckers want to claim different. Anywho, her ass sat up here and sat up here, held these boys and thought that she was going to get a goddamn cookie for it. Nah, motherfucker. You're going to jail. Her ass is in jail. And she deserves to be. Next. I don't know if y'all are aware. But Katy Perry has been accused of sexual assault twice. um, Over the course of two weeks. A lot of people have not been posting about it. But they want to post every motherfucking thing else about everything else. But that particular story is needed to be addressed. Because it's just like. Y'all, y'all want to sit up here and claim me too But uh uh-uh. uh Come on now Push out the story Let the story be told And then you got my boy Brian McKnight Accused of being a bad father Um his son's Um son and daughter Accused him of not Um being Supportive and being a great father To him and here and there And I just think you know It's crazy Bram Knight actually addressed the situation and basically said that he spoiled his kids and he hate that he did it. Um, And, you know, they are estranged right now, but I hope something is done that is meaningful, you know, to help them establish a better rapport with one another. But, there you have it on that one. And this is something I want to finish off on. This is the last thing I mentioned. 45 proposes a mental institution, proposes, excuse me, mental institutions as a solution to mass shootings. I'm going to side-eye, I'm going to side-eye that shit. Do you understand me? And keep it moving. That's some bullshit right there. And the news that you have been offered... Um, comes from the Shade Room, along with other resources available, such as CNN, da-da-da, da-da-da, da da For the history segment, I want to offer y'all some, some Mississippi greatness. Mississippi greatness. A lot of motherfuckers don't know about Mississippi. You know, they, they look at it as the bad the bad old state that do all these bad things. You know, some pretty fucked up things that happen here, as I've mentioned before. But um, I want to talk about Dr. Walter Washington. Dr. Walter Washington. He is a man of distinction. Well, excuse me because he's passed, but his legacy has continued to flourish through several Educators through the well, no, through South Mississippi, and I want to you know give you a little background. The man comes from Copiah County. Um, a lot of you guys may not know what that is, it is um where Hazelhurst and um, Crystal Springs is located. He attended um Tougaloo College, received his BA there, and he went on. To get his master's. um, And he became. Y'all listen. He became the first. African American man. Because that's what they got at USM. He became the first black man. To receive. His PhD. At the University. Of Southern Mississippi. He was the first black man. To receive it there. And he was the first in the state. To receive his doctorate in the state, so that is amazing to me. Also, um, with all the prestige that he's had, he has had several certifications, um, Yale, Yale, I know y'all know what that is, Yale, <laughs> um, along with um, several honorary doctorate degrees. This man, um, actually. Was the president of um, Utica Institute, which later became uh, which later became Utica Junior College. Um, after that, Heinz Community College at Utica. Um, he left there, and I think he served as the president of Alcorn State University for about 25 years I think he was the longest to serve as president he was amazing and um, unfortunately he has since passed but his legacy continues I, um, I recommend you guys actually do more research on him cause he he made some shit happen let me tell you a little story though when I was online um my Dean pledged Donovan He did something that was so funny to me I know he did the research on it But he told me To um, Do some research on him And asked me did I know who he was And I told him I did And he said good good um, If I start asking A question about him Or talking about him I want you to raise your hand If I ask who is he and who was the first. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to definitely raise my hand. But when we walked in there, and he asked a question on who knew about Walter Washington, all of my line brothers who were in there raised their hand. And that was so interesting to me. But anyway, yeah, that is your segment for this week. And um, I want y'all to stay tuned for Risky Business. How to take risk. ...and how to be great about it... ...in the Bathroom Chronicles... So, y'all, you know, I done gave you a little... ...a little background of, you know... ...you know, my little history or whatever... ...and something that recently happened that um, really has changed the scope of my thinking, I think would be going and taking risks. Now, one of the things that I distinctively remember um, while working in mental health, um, it was an old guy. He happened to be frat. And uh, me and him were talking one day and he told me, he said, listen, I um retired as a principal, and I came back to Mississippi um you know, just thinking about how I would live my life, and I just wanted to live you know under the radar and just really be chill and at that time, I was going through a lot, you know, just thinking about my career in that moment and trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I remember. One day, going into the kitchen, and there was this girl in there and um well, rather woman, excuse me, it was this woman in there, and me and her talked every day that she would come in and me and her were just talking about how some people take things for granted, particularly the patients that we had and me and her were talking and she was just like man i'm trying to get out of here and get back in school so i can spend more time with my son because he's at an age where he's starting to take things in you know as a sponge and i was just like you know i've been thinking the same thing starting trying to get my career rolling and Fred, he walked in and me and him were talking and he told me he said listen straight up just like this you can be replaced at any given moment right at a job no matter how much you love a job you can be replaced easy somebody wants a job no matter what somebody's looking so when you sit here and contemplate whether or not leaving you need to think about whether or not you are a valuable asset or not And I sat here and I said, you know, I I think I am. And he said, you are. However, you can be easily replaced. Today, they might feel sad about you leaving. But tomorrow, they're going to have to find somebody. They're going to go on with their lives. What about you? And in that moment, I had an aha moment. I had been spending most of my years Um, Basing my jobs on loyalty Not realizing that That's something that I did not want to be You know I did not want to be In mental health for a long period of time And I knew that I had to make the steps To do what I had to do And I had been applying and applying And applying Receiving rejection after rejection After rejection And I was heartbroken For Let's see about a good three years because I felt useless and when he told me that it was just like you know what I need to start doing things on my own as far as challenging myself and praying more and being more you know just just being more obedient to what I'm being asked to do I was against teaching for years. I did not want to teach, literally. I remember my mom telling me my um, freshman year. Actually, I wasn't even in college then. She told me, she said, Kendall, I can see you teaching. And I was just like, man, I don't want to teach. I don't want to do that. I really want to become an engineer. And my family wanted me to become an engineer too. They had spent money for me to go to camps. They had invested time in me pursuing a career in engineering but I realized after a while you know that wasn't something that I really wanted to do once I discovered I did not like science and um I realized that I actually had a passion for teaching when I began to fail I was fucking up but at the same time I realized it was something I enjoyed to do And once I graduated from college, I didn't get into teaching at all. Um, I had taken my practice and I did not pass. And on top of that, I had went down different avenues, retail, and dead end. I had put all my loyalty into making sure people were treated right, providing great customer service, this and that. I just realized that it was not for me and it really taunted me for a while because I'm thinking to myself like why am I in this position where I'm not being my full self why am I not receiving positions that are you know really you know that serves me you know and I started to realize in that moment when that guy told me that I was not working to my best advantage and I was not making the connections that I need to. So, one of the guys that I worked with just so happened to be my DP, Donovan Craig. I, he probably going to cut my throat for even saying his name. But Donovan actually um, started working with me about a couple months it was more than a couple months. But it had been some months. We had been working together. And we had been talking about the stripes of working in mental health. And he just so happened to get a job. Um, working at another facility. All dealing with mental health. But you started. I started to make a little bit more. we was making about shit. But at the same time. I got to work in education. And I had worked in education before. But. I realized in education, the system is fucked up. It's quite fucked up. I remember tutoring um, some kids at a high school. And the the teacher who was over the program, she actually told me. She said, these are some nice kids, but they are not test takers. And they're going to be bound to fail. Strictly, you know, they're not going to go far. And in that moment when she told me that I knew that it was my duty to go against the grain and take risk, I sat down with the kids, I took time with them, and she told me they were not going to pass, and guess what they did? They passed a fucking state test, and I was so elated, but that was the first time I noticed that if you invest time with kids like you're supposed to in terms of, providing good education and great skills they'll go beyond you know the basic standard of what people say they will be so i learned that in working at this facility that i started working at wasn't making a lot of money but i went in there and i did the damn thing i always made sure that i did my very best in trying to help you know And instill core values that were meaningful for the students. And I found myself, you know, in limbo sometimes. Because I was just like, man, I'm tired of doing this shit. I'm tired of having to deal with people who don't care 100% for students. Who only have a hidden agenda. Who don't see potential in the kids. I was getting so frustrated with them. So... Of course, I'm in grad school during this time, and um, I realized that by taking the skills that I was learning from in grad school, I was going to implement them in my communication with the students that I was dealing with. It worked. However, my job didn't see the potential that I had. They, They told me, but at the same time, They didn't trust me to do what I wanted to do. As a matter of fact, I was told that I wasn't, you know, basically good enough to have gone far in, you know, working in that company. And I realized, you know, it was going to be a dead end situation. And the, the principal at that place, she kept telling me, she was just like, you're going to leave, you're going to leave, you're going to leave. And I had no intentions on leaving, but I wanted to go up within the company. And I realized that was not something that was meant for me. I had been thinking for years that higher ed would be the go-to. But I really didn't start seeing that until I started, you know, communicating more and more with one of my good friends um and i knew in that moment that i needed to make a decision so i hit up one of my um homeboys he frat melvin smith and i said bruh is there a position open at the school that you're in right now and he told me he said yeah Actually, there is a position that is available. And he put me on. And um, it just so happened to be a position that he was leaving from. And he told me from jump, you know, don't stay here long. Get your experience and then head on out. You know, at that time, I was just like, man, I'm not going to head on out. I'm not going to do that. But... (laughs) With the decisions that I made over a course of a year working at that place, I knew that I had a blessing that needed to be spread out. I knew that I needed to find something better for myself because loyalty will only do you only good for a short period of time in terms of working in a career. Of course, you're going to be establishing um, relationships and good rapport with people but at the same time loyalty does not get you far and in that moment of time of working there I saw things that I didn't like and I started to really count my blessings in terms of just continuously praying I talked to my grandmother, I talked to my parents I talked to my girlfriend continuously about what was going on and I knew in that moment God was trying to tell me something. I applied for jobs like white on rice. I was applying like every damn day. And there were positions that I did not not qualify for, first of all, but you know what? I still applied for them because I knew some way or another I was gonna get a phone call. It took months to get to a place where I could do it. And all of a sudden, I was getting phone calls. Over a period of time, I was getting interviews back to back to back. And by the grace of God, man, I got me a job. I got the job that I wanted. And just so happened, it's the same position that I was working in at my former job, man. And seeing how things work out, it was hard. It was hard trying to make an adjustment. It was hard saying to myself, Kendall, you know, you got to leave. It was hard. But one of the things that kept me going is knowing that I had prepared my students for what they needed to know. Regardless of if it was not everything that they needed to know, I prepared them for something. And one of the life lessons that I learned is you have to go out and you have to be willing to take on challenges that you don't understand because sometimes God has prepared you for something regardless of how you feel oh I can't do it or it's not going to be beneficial for me to make that move sometimes it is sometimes it's okay to make moves and transitions because when you do that it shows you That you have the capability of going farther than you have imagined. I said this earlier in my podcast before. My first job was Target. I hated that job. I literally hated working there. It was a bullshit ass job. But one of the things that I learned from that job is no matter how hard things get, you have to be the best and you have to be willing to go beyond what people tell you. And that's something that took me into the next job. The next job I got after that was not a good paying job, but I liked it. I knew that I couldn't be there for a long time because being in a place for a long time sometimes nowadays is hard. It's hard only because you don't want to become complacent. And that's one of the things that I did not want to do. I did not want to be complacent at a job that was not fulfilling all my moves and all of what I wanted to become, if I felt that I was being hindered at any process, I had to go and the position I got now currently when I got that interview, um there was a connection that I had in the interview process um one of the people that I you know was communicating with. The interviewer, she made me feel comfortable. She was sincere and she made every step of going through that process easy. I prayed on it thoroughly. I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I I was consistent about it. But one of the things I, I started to do is speak things into existence. So many times we get into a place where we think, hopefully, I'll get it. I'll get it. I'll get that position. I'll be fine. But one of the things that I started to realize is you have to be prayerful and you have to be willing to say, hey, I have this position. It will come into fruition. And that's something that I started to do. I literally was having a conversation with one of my big brothers the day I got my job. Literally was talking about what I was going through. And he was telling me, bro, you know, stay prayed up. But don't, you know, look to seek a job just just because times are hard. Sometimes you have to go with the flow and adjust things in order for things to go in your favor. And I was just like, you know, in that moment, this is probably the first time he's gonna hear it. But in that moment, in that time in my mind, I was like, uh-uh, no. God is, has told me that I need to go. God has told me. He has given me too many signs for me to leave. And on top of that, I'm in a long-distance relationship and it's hard, you know, hard trying to balance a long-distance relationship. And you know, I have to, I have to get this job. It's in, it's in my heart. I feel it, literally. As I was talking to him about it, I got that phone call. I stepped out on faith. When I moved to Jackson, Mississippi, I didn't have not two goddamn nickels to rub together. Literally, didn't have much um at all i had to really struggle there were nights that i was sleeping on the floor i didn't have a place to stay you know i had a place to stay i had places to go i had people that i knew but in actuality i i didn't have a place and it was so hard man it was so hard that hunger that hunger that hunger it will show you who you really are and I knew in that moment that I had to really go with what I knew best and that is what what the Lord was providing me and sure enough I had all I needed and more and it's I'm in the same predicament right now I know for a fact God will provide he has never failed me and that's something that a lot of people don't understand you cannot give up on your dreams you cannot allow people to tell you what you are innated. lord that might not even be right that might not even be a word you may not go with the flow exactly but god will lead you in the way that you need to go it's in you it's in your vision, it's who you are. If you if you pray on it and you eat, sleep, and breathe it, that is a passion. <clears throat> I remember being a little bit inebriated, y'all, A little lit in the moment, and I was having a heart to heart conversation with one of my friends. And I'm not one to express myself through emotion. I do not cry, but I was having a conversation about the the future. How fucked up this world can be and how people, you know, try to give you this facade about how things really are. I know education is on the downslide and I know that it can really bring out the worst in you. But one of the things that I knew is that I had to do something To make things shake that I couldn't be standing wayside waiting on people to do anything for the future. I had to be a part of making transitions and making scopes to make things happen for those kids. And I sat there and I cried and I boohoo because I was just like, this world is fucked up of how they're doing our students. And in that moment, I knew something. I knew that I had to make things shake. Two things, like I said. That old man telling me that, telling me that the world don't owe you shit and that loyalty ain't going to make things happen for you. You are not who you think you are. You are to be replaced at any given moment. You're temporary. When he told me that, I knew. And when I cried about how these kids were being treated, i knew that i served a purpose in education too many times we 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 really don't see what god has in store for us until it's too late and i knew i was not gonna allow a dream to go wayside my daddy and my mama always told me some things you know you're smart you're smart you're a good kid you're smart they told me these things but one of the things that I knew for myself is that I couldn't always rely off of what my mom and my daddy told me yeah I've been told this all my life but who am I and I had to take a deep look at myself in that moment and say hey you gotta be willing to go out here and make things happen make connections talk to people and that's what I did I went far Based off of that. But I was humble about it. I kept my my confidence intact. But at the same time, I was willing to go and make things happen. Man, one of the things my daddy always told me, he saw me going into law school. Y'all, I I I could never understand why my dad would say that. Like he would be like. Kendall, you're going to law school. I see, like, you can go out here, you know your, your history and stuff like that. But I knew that that was not something I wanted to do. But something that my dad always pointed out to me, you have a lot going for yourself. Don't put all your eggs in one basket just because you think that you're going to fail. And that's something that my mama and him instilled to in me. You always have to have a backup plan. You always have to be prepared for anything to happen. Sometimes I have risked it all, literally, gone so far as into trying to prove myself off of things that I know that I didn't care for. And that's something that you shouldn't do. You shouldn't invest time into bullshit that you know that you're not going to like. This podcast, that was a risk that I took. I had to take it because it was something that made me feel good. It made me feel great to communicate um, with people who I don't know, who might be in in a pickle, who don't understand shit. You know what I'm saying? So I had a gift in me that I knew that I had. It was something that was within me. And God told me that, man. And that's something that y'all have to do. Number one, be confident in who you are. Be confident. Because when you're going out here and applying for jobs, you you may not necessarily have all the qualifications, but damn it, you are better than half the motherfuckers who qualify for the position. Damn it, you better say that shit. Two, you have to be willing to put your pride aside. And accept help when you need it. I hated asking for help like a motherfucker. But you know what? If there was a time that I knew that I needed help and I was in dire need, I knew who to go to. Yeah, you got to do that. Number three, you have to be willing to be passionate. Passionate. You cannot go into... A feel and think that hey I, I I can just cope on skate on by and not get what I need. No, you have to be willing to say, hey, I'm I'm passionate about this shit. I will go hard for this shit, I will fight for this shit. Yes, that's what you need to do. Number four, love what you do unconditionally. Love what you do, and love. I mean Just because they tell you that you're going to be making $11 an hour doesn't mean we're checked. Your wage should not determine whether or not you want to pursue a career. And I'm telling y'all, it shouldn't because you have to get experience. You have to be willing to get experience. So a wage should not halt you at getting where you need to get to. Literally, I went from making. Actually, when I left Target, y'all, let me tell y'all something. I was about to receive a raise. My last check, I had received the raise. I was so pissed that I was receiving a raise my last check, but you know what? Damn it, I received it, and I went back to that seven twenty, no, seven thirty five job an hour. I said that wrong, y'all. Fuck that, fucking, it. fucking it. Fuck it up, fucking up. Seven thirty five an hour job. I went to it. I put on that green shirt with pride. Nothing else and nothing more i knew what i had to do yeah and shoot it i developed connections with several people and that's how i was able to get up i'm still on on the low part of life you know i'm not making the best the best but at the same time i'm making a living and i'm doing what i love and that's providing help for students who need it especially Who are freshmen. Because you walk into college. You don't know shit. But yeah. You you need those four things. And of course. Of course. Last but not least. You need to know. That. Without a doubt. God is with you. You can't. Go nowhere without. That. God is with you at all times. But you have to believe that he will provide. You have to believe it. You have to know that he will give you all the essentials that you need. But you have to be willing to go and take the risk. And so that's what I'm going to leave y'all with. Take risk and be challenged. Don't give up on life and be the best of the best. And um, I want to dedicate this to saying, live your best life. Live your best life. No matter what people tell you, live your best life and go out there and get your shmoney and get your lesson. Lesson, experience. Lesson, experience. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's all I got for y'all today on this episode. Stay tuned for the whole, holy, holy, observant and excellent. Holy, observant, observant, excellent. Stay tuned, y'all, so one of the things that of course, we do every week is the whole of the week. We taking back the word, y'all, because that shit right there is holy observant, excellent, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, and the person that I want to um recognize is um, someone that I've known for a while he's doing his thing out here in Houston and I said out here like I'm out there I'm in Mississippi currently but this guy is doing a lot he's always up to something good and trying to better his community as well as himself and his name is Xavier LaFleur now, I've known Zay for a long time. A lot of people know him as Tiggy and all types of shit, but I know him as Zay. Now, Zay, he has always been a go-getter, no matter what, a risk-taker as well. And one of the things that I have so much respect for him on is the fact that no matter what, he always has a an encouraging spirit about him. He's always trying to make sure that his people go far. And I, I, I respect that totally. Um, one of my first memories, I had known him for, prior to this. But as far as actually talking to him, one of the things that I recall is him working at Waffle House. Now, when he was in high school... He came, it was my senior he came to school with a plate. I think it had, um, it was a steak sandwich. Y'all, I had never had a steak sandwich from Waffle House. Y'all should broaden your horizons and go and get something that's different. But let me tell y'all about that steak sandwich. That motherfucker was so good that I told him, I was like, bro, bring one back. And he sure as hell did for $2. That motherfucker tastes like heaven. And a motherfucking little box. That shit's so good. It's so good. Y'all. Y'all should go try one. But anyway. Moving forward. The guy is doing everything. From physical training. um, Acting. um, And so much more. And I don't want to just limit him to that. Because he is going out here doing his thing. And I respect that totally. And again. The hope of this week would go to. Xavier LaFleur And I want to close this, this episode With something that is very Inspirational to me I remember as a kid And I don't mean to be putting my Mama's business out here And it's it's nothing really major But this is something that really Inspired me as a kid My mom At the age of 26 Started her nursing career And she went on and became an RN at the age of was 2004. So at the age of 32, she became an RN. She got her ADN, and then she got her BSN at the age of um, it had to have been 38. Yes, yeah, she was 38. Cause yeah, she was 38 going on to be 39, 38 and getting her BSN. And then in 2000, um, in 2017, she got her, no, she got her masters prior to that. So to say, to say, you know, to save time on this shit, because my mama has got several degrees, but she, Eventually, you know, ended with getting her um, nurse practitioner degree. And to see the progression that she has made is awesome. My mom is always going far and trying to make sure that her patients are well equipped and making sure that, you know, they are taking the best care of themselves. You know what I'm saying? But something that I was reminded of by seeing my mama is no matter what, my mama took risks. We left from a small town, literally, on the day of my birthday in 1996. And I remember it. It was a horrible night. But it was a night that was needed because had my mama got so comfortable, she would probably still be there. And something that I remember from that moment is never to get comfortable, never get so complacent that you don't feel that you need to progress. And that 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 has been something that I have instilled in myself as a young man you know don't be so complacent and don't get to a place where you are not starving you need to grind hard and you need to be able to progress no matter what and keep God in your heart and keep him in your sight because when times are hard and you need to hear him you need to hear him and you need to be able to move In the direction that he has requested you to move. No matter what. If it's uncomfortable to you. You still move. And that's what he will do. He will provide no matter what. And that's something that I am telling you. Because I know. And I wish all of you guys. You know much needed success. And all the love in this world. But I want y'all to be reminded that. If you take risks. You challenge yourself. Don't feel that failure. Is the end of your story You have so many goals That you have Continue to seek them Don't allow that to Hinder you Continue to grow to Continue to be ambitious And love yourself no matter what Y'all have a good one and stay blessed In the bathroom Chronicles <laughs> In the bathroom Chronicles Y'all, it's been real. Peace.